he said. To our tears are our most sincere form of prayers. There is no need to apologize for our tears. This is energy in motion and this is the waters moving through us. And I think that's really important to let people know that, that they are our sincere form of prayers and for men as well to feel comfortable in sharing these tears because this is this is our waters moving through us and how important that is. And those tears, they do bring a healing for the rest of the planet as well. And that really moved me in that experience. And I learned that how the grandmothers communicate with the waters is that they would actually speak to a water body and take one drop of water from that water body. You got to accentuate the positive. Wow! I feel good. A little bit of feel good goes a long way. You're listening to Karen Swain, teacher of deliberate creation, accentuating the positive, showing you a way to a better life. Accentuating the positive, it's not just fad, it's sanity. Who in their right mind would accentuate anything else? If you feel like that's what you want to do. Welcome to another show, Accentuating the Positive with Karen Swain. Always wonderful to be with you again. And please remember, if you're liking the shows, to subscribe, share them with your friends, leave a comment, press the like button, you know, all that good stuff. does help with the algorithms, gets the word out, spreads the love across the world. Look who I've got to introduce you to today, the beautiful and gorgeous Jack Star Davies. Welcome to the show, Jack Star. <laughs> Thank you, Karen. Thank you so much for being here. It's just an honour to be part of everything that you bring to the world. Oh, thank you, darling. And and same with you. You know, I've 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 sort of been an acquaintance of Jack Star for a few years. Not really a friend. We've sort of passed each other at different events, and you know, seen you doing amazing work and support for the conscious community in Sydney. But I didn't know too much about your story until very recently, when we were both at Unity Festival, and I was listening to you present. And I was blown away at what you were saying and I'm thinking, wow, I so want to share this with my tribe uh, because you've got such a fascinating story and you've done so much. Let me tell people that uh, don't know you a little bit about you from your bio. Jack Star Davies specialises in the architecture for your soul. She believes in people's ability to transform. Her experiences include over 15 years as a successful entrepreneur and businesswoman, a multi-award winning author, award winning filmmaker, event manager, interior stylist and lighting designer. As a highly intuitive woman, she understands the importance of working and living in harmony with the rhythms of nature. Jack Star has collaborated with Indigenous leaders and elders and global influencers to build effective partnerships, deepening her connection to self, Mother Earth, sacred ancient wisdom and humanitarianism. By influencing ancient wisdom with advanced modern technology, no, by infusing ancient wisdom with advanced modern technology, she increases effectiveness and well-being. Jackstar offers one-on-one sessions and customised treatments and retreats, opening potent sacred spaces to bring people together to deepen their connection to themselves, their unique intuition, dreams and profound purpose. And your website is sacredsignatures.com. Mm-hmm. I love that. Thank you. <laughs> so Thank much. you. 
So let, where, where can we start? So I always ask people how the discovery of spirituality and expanded conf, uh, you know, consciousness started. What was happening for you? Were you in the corporate world and climbing the corporate ladder or were you already enlightened from a child? Oh, well, no, I had a, a bit of a crazy upbringing actually. I'm the eldest daughter of four daughters actually, four girls within four years. Wow. And um, grew up like a, an absolute tomboy, um, a lot of masculine energy. My father was, um, he was quite tough, a bit of tough love there. And it also, though, has given us so many beautiful opportunities because also this tough love has been able to give us the strength to do some pretty radical things, including working in war zones and being able to deal with you know, crisis management situations because I guess the turmoil or the what next kind of environment that we grew up in allowed us the capacity to be able to handle a lot of radical things last minute, which is while, you know, being in an opportunity in a situation like Standing Rock is doable because of the upbringing really. And, um, you know, my dear father, and my mother, we have such a close relationship now, which is so, so beautiful. And it's COVID that actually brought me back to Australia. I've been overseas traveling for 10 years now. Uh, so kind of look like a little bit of a renegade on paper here in Australia because I haven't spent any time here much at all over the last 10 years. Uh, but prior to that, I actually was um, doing lighting design and interior design. And I also had a cosmetic laser business. And I'm very grateful for that business because it gave me the opportunity to travel the world to over 60 countries and, you know, really immerse myself in many different healing modalities and spending time with Indigenous elders. And it, you know, it gave me a lot of financial wealth for me to be able to do these things. So I'm very grateful. But at the time, I felt that there was also a shallow part to this business and it was really that I was, you know, the face of a company that was talking a lot about the facade, the outside exterior and, and the beauty to get there. And I, you know, I'm a, a woman who loves to feel beautiful, who takes care of myself, but really now honouring that the true care and the true beauty that radiates on the outside comes from the inside However, during that process, you know, having these conversations, being the face of a, of a business that promoted pigmentation removal and laser removal, the conversations that I would have with these women were, it felt, you know, that we were, there was a struggle for them to want to feel this beauty in a way that not really recognising what was happening from the inside. And it, I, there were days where I felt quite upset and, you know, it was a good business, like I said, but uh, I happened to travel to Bali and it was 11-11-11. Um, <laughs> I actually had four weddings to choose from for that particular date and I decided <laughs> to go to Bali. <laughs> and it was there that randomly I received a phone call that someone had made an offer on my business. Uh, I hadn't actually put it up for sale at that point and so it was a bit of a surprise. And at the same time, I was getting all the signs that this was a catalyst for me to also say goodbye to my other business as well 
and actually use this time to really go out and not just explore the world, but to explore myself. And that deep dive really started to begin back in 2011. Um, since then, you know, I was really dedicated and I was lucky to have the financial support of the resources to have this journey just continue where I could be present in any moment just to see where that journey was taking me because I didn't have to rely on stopping to work or, and that availability really made for just a beautiful journey for me to start to really tap into you know, what is part of my mission on this planet and from that exploration I do understand and know that part of this um, mission is also to bring the knowledge of water and the care of water and if I relate it back to my genetic makeup, my human design chart, my gene keys, my astrology, my Mayan calendar, all of that, when we, when we kind of map this out together, then I, I know that this is part of my mission. Um, I'm actually a triple Pisces. I'm a moon rising, sun rising, ascending Pisces. I learned how to swim very, very young and was a very good swimmer, um, competing quite quite young I've always had this really strong relationship with water um, and I funnily enough um, in a bizarre story which is actually true I did actually lose my virginity to water <laughs> in, in a um, in a bad water skiing accident oh, no. as a young as a young woman um, and then you know my family soon soon realized that uh, it's very important for a young woman to wear a wetsuit when she's doing sports like this. Oh, I see. I see. But, but I when just, I've just understood what you've said. Yeah. yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. So, right. Okay. You lost your virginity in that water. Yeah. Right. I lost my virginity in with Mother Nature. And yeah. I, and I say this because it's actually all of these signs and all of these experiences or traumatic experiences, they are giving us information to you know, our future mission. And I can see even in that moment, it's like, you know, it's speaking to me. Yeah. It's, it, it was a moment that was a big deal. Mm. And, uh, and now that I've sort of explored more of, you know, journeys through ayahuasca and um, spending time with a lot of radical healers and shamanic healers, I, I do know that there, there is a gift and there is a message that and a simplicity for people to, kept, to connect back with their own sacred waters and the waters of the planet. And it seems like such a, a simple thing, but yet there's so much knowledge and ancient wisdom that's connected with the, the knowledge of water. Um, so currently being back in Australia, um, that allowed me to be, feel more grounded back in the country where I grew up. And I left home at 15. So, you know, it's a, it's, mm. for me to be back here at this moment is actually really special. And now I'm currently hosting um, retreats, yeah. uh, women's retreats, and bringing education around this importance of connecting back with our own waters. Yeah, I forgot to mention when I saw you speaking, you were speaking about sacred water at uh, at Unity Festival, <laughs> yes. which is something that I really relate to too because I'm just so in love with water in every sense of the word. Yes. Drinking it, looking at it, immersing myself in it, showering in it, I just I always feel better. 
especially when I get in the ocean. Like I always feel better when I immerse myself in water. It's my go-to place to mm-hmm. feel better. Even if I just have a shower, if I'm feeling tired or lack of energy, just a, sh- a shower wakes you up, even though maybe the water coming out of the shower is the, not the most sacred water because it's been sitting in dams and going through rusty pipes and everything, yes. but it's still water. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so how long ago did you come back from overseas? It must have been a couple of years ago. I came back on the 22nd of November 2019 to renew right. a Chinese visa overseas and um, I lived, I was living at the time only 320 kilometres from Wuhan and then of, of course everything kind of blew up and I, I never returned and it's been a beautiful opportunity for me to connect back with my family to my roots you and I really realised I'm just thinking I've seen you, uh, you know, around doing things in the conscious community. So you must have come yes. back and gone. You must have been going back and forth. Because yeah. uh, I have it, gone back and forth. Because you were involved in Love Fest and that was, was that? Yes. It was the beginning of 2019. Yes. Yeah. I was yeah. working with the Sound Life at Fox Studios in the Dome yeah. as yeah. their as a, event manager yeah. and right. really getting the opportunity to work with a lot of uh, conscious community and conscious events, which was so rewarding for the time that I was in Sydney. It was perfect. Yeah. Perfect. So tell us about your journey overseas at uh, Standing Rock. Well, maybe maybe leading up, how did you get involved with that? I don't know if people remember what happened at Standing Rock. When you were speaking about it at Unity Festival, I was going, oh, right, that's right, I've forgotten about that because that was huge in the newspapers. And So just yeah. remind people what happened at Standing Rock in mm. the pipeline. Well, what's interesting for the storyline to get to that moment is that I I was actually back in 2014, um, had just gone to Burning Man in the a, in a Nevada desert and I was actually feeling quite exhausted by the end of it and that wasn't really from partying. It was from exhaustion for overextending myself to support the build and the community and I felt like I really needed to retreat. And I, got, I received a phone call from a friend, a beautiful girlfriend in Mexico, and she said, listen, I invite you down to this beautiful little town called Tepeslan, which means Pueblo Mexico. And when I arrived, uh, she had invited me to an ayahuasca journey. And it was really the perfect time for me to ground into that land and have this experience. And it was a really heart-opening experience where it really connected me to the spirit of the eagle. And that eagle essence, that eagle animal, power animal, I learned more and more about it later on. But at that moment, it really actually started to evolve my curiosity of the eagle and the condor prophecy. And just through being present and being open to experiences that were and to synchronicity, I, I ended up meeting quite a few shamans and other people that really went deeper into that story of the Eagle Quetzal Condor prophecy. In the ayahuasca journey, the medicine actually told me that I needed to connect with a man that was close by and that we were meant to be working together and I didn't know in what capacity. However, I had the confidence at the end of the ceremony to stand up, walk across the room and say to this man, listen, um, I do believe that 
you have other medicine has spoken to me and I think that you're the man that I'm actually meant to be working with and uh, he was open to that we started a production company in in Mexico and one year after that we ended up actually filming at the Eagle Quetzal Condor Conference in Sedona where all of the yes I was just going to say for people that don't know what that Eagle Condor prophecy is yes yeah I can explain that yeah so at that, at that conference, it was a moment that all of the tribal leaders from North, South and Central America, which is uh, spoken of as Turtle Island, came together to start talking about this prophecy and what it represented to them and how that prophecy had been taught to them from young up until their age now. And it was something that they felt was coming into this time where the prophecy was really playing out in real time. And that eagle and the condor <clears throat> represents obviously the eagle spirit and the condor spirit where humanity would come together at one time when the eagle and the condor again would fly harmoniously together because there was this separation. The eagle represented the North, the North America and the condor represented the South America. The eagle represented the masculine energy and the condor represented the feminine energy. And that the time would come where humanity would really hear the call and stand up in, together in, in the power of one voice, one heart, one tribe to, to, to really make radical change. And within the Eagle Quetzal Condor prophecy, the Quetzal represented the snake, the black snake. And in relationship to Standing Rock, that black snake actually represented the pipeline that was running from the top of um, Canada all the way through the United States through the Mississippi and the Missouri rivers um, which was uh, you know thousands and thousands of kilometers that was this pipeline was coming through and Enbridge was the pipeline company that was actually building this pipeline to carry crude oil through across the United States of America and this pipeline every, every single pipeline in history has always failed every single one not just one every single one so it's only a matter of time when a pipeline actually um, will be um, damaged in some way to allow crude oil to leak out into mother earth and when that happens the type of things that it causes is not just contamination of the soil and contamination of the water which is it's never can be fully recovered there is no way or cleanup that something like this can be fully recovered or cleaned up but not only that it contaminates our food it causes seizures, it causes all different kinds of diseases. And so while we came to this conference in Sedona, we, we learned a lot about what was ahead of us and all the leaders came together to talk about their own understanding of this eagle and condor um, prophecy. It was only the following year that I uh, received a message um, via Facebook and someone said that, you know, all of these tribal leaders are actually gathering at Standing Rock in North Dakota to stand up for not only human rights, for Indigenous rights, but the, the land of, the, of their First Nations people. Because a lot of these pipelines and the, the most, um, all of our resources that are left on this planet are often on Indigenous lands, on First Nations lands. So that means that you know, this not only was it, you know, going to be damaging the lands, it's actually um, 
you know, it was a it was a huge moment in history where everyone really came together to stand up for this powerful moment. And the 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 real movement behind all that is for protecting our water, for that to understanding that water is life. And it was a moment that really changed me because that eagle spirit followed me in this moment to not only speak to me through breath work as I was doing my breathwork practice, that same eagle spirit from the ayahuasca journey would come and fly right in front of my face, right in front of my nose, and it would be communicating with me and saying in a grandmother's voice, the time is now. And with that, it was like my whole body took over. I flew to Standing Rock with a one-man tent and a camera and stayed there for many, many months, you know, four or five months, and radical change happened. When I followed the spirit of that eagle, it actually guided me to some remarkable places and it also guided me to a dream kiva, which is like a yoni inside Mother Earth. And while I was in there practising the breath work, the eagle came again and was communicating with me and directly after that conversation, um, another man walked inside the dream kiva and he started the conversation with me. And that conversation actually led me to another man I met five hours later that actually wrote me the $35,000 check that built the main gathering place for all the chiefs and all the elders, including bringing all the solar panels for that main gathering place to come the educational place and the safe haven on the ground at Standing Rock. So there was a lot of miracles that happened. Wow, 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 wow. That's an amazing story, uh, an incredible story. But what astounds me, what astounds me is that how governments are still investing so much money in an old technology that is so outdated and pollutes the earth. I mean, we have technology for energy that we don't need this oil anymore we don't need That's to right. dig up the earth and scar the earth i mean what's going on guys it's just the yeah the love of this money it's a money making venture like oh it just astounds me it astounds mm. me that we're still invested in old technology when we have the technology to do mm. it so much better well that legal case actually went on till just last year in august last year where the pipeline had been finally um, finalized and not allowed to proceed but that actually took years and years of extra work in support of legal teams that have devoted their entire lives to not only continue to stop this pipeline but also to support all of the water protectors that were actually either put into jail or going through heavy criminal charges when they were just standing up like you and I in a country like the United States of America, which we all are meant to have freedom of speech, freedom of expression, and, you know, by doing what is not only our own human right to be able to stand up for, for clean water, you know, there was a lot, of, um, a lot of charges that were put onto people that required help over these last few years and um, building and, um, you know, getting money to support these water protectors. So it's been a long, long thing over many years and finally now the pipeline has finally stopped. And what we have learnt from this is that the power of the people, when we come together with one intention, with one voice, with one heart, 
to stand up for what is actually our birthright to have clean water, then that's how we're going to make radical change. And it does require us to stand up for our truth and stand up for what's important, which is our most precious resource. Yeah, absolutely. So there's so much more of this going on, you know, now with more crazy uh, laws coming into place and, and ideas being rolled out. Uh, and the way to, yeah, and the way to combat it, I suppose, is not to fight it, but to just fiercely focus on what it is you want to create in the world instead of pushing against what is. And really that was what was happening at Standing Rock, although it looked kind of violent and the mainstream media reported it Mm. as violence and, you know, sensationalised it and and Mm. only showed like the horrible bits like the mainstream media always does. (laughs) It does tell the stories like you, uh, you know, like having these visions and then people just turning up with money and saying, I want to support this vision. You know, the mainstream media never reports the miracles Mm -hmm. that are happening when we have a focused intention and we stand in love and how miracles can happen. Mm. I shared that day at Unity Festival about another miracle that happened because obviously the uh, powers that be who were seeing the protesters, I suppose, came out with their force and their guns and their military, you know, they they met they met the protest with violence. Mm-hmm. Um, do you want to tell us what happened? Mm, well, we, I had a beautiful opportunity to really feel into the moment, and I could feel the community from around the world, not just North, South, and Central America, and the wisdom keepers, but also people from New Zealand, from Australia. I mean, there was many of us who felt this call. Like it was, it was something that completely overtook me. You know, you have these moments where you can't be anywhere else because that's exactly where you need to be. It was, I had been overtaken in a way. And while I was on the ground at Standing Rock, we formed a partnership between Unify, which is the like a world peace platform that shares global synchronized action around meditation, bringing attention to matters that we need to know about that is suppressed from mainstream media and we formed a partnership with red lightning the burning man community that had a vision also to come in there and to support the first nation's voice and through that partnership we were actually able to also bring in a a team of people to record and document not only just the still photography and capturing all these moments but also creating media attention that reached 358 million people. And it became a solid platform for information to be shared that wasn't suppressed off mainstream media. So I feel very grateful to be part of that action and part of that movement. But one of the global synchronised days and actions that we had was all bring it round the water and the power of prayer. And we had various global... Um, we had, you know, Indigenous leaders, wisdom keepers show up to talk about the importance of this moment in history, but not only that, to also bring the, the medicine of the ancient teachings and also the, the medicine of prayer. And with that global synchronised action, Unify has a platform, or oh, I've kind of lost you there, are you there? Yes, Unify has a platform where 
you register online and you can see where your event is taking place around the world. So through that action, we had, you know, over 750 country, 750 places, locations join us for that event, hundreds of thousands of people around the globe to pray for water, to pray for Indigenous rights, to pray for human rights and land rights, all in that one action. So when there is an action of, a, of the same intention, what happens when something like that happens? All that energy that's supporting it, all of that intention, that's when miracles really do happen. And as that action was happening, we had, uh, we had a few of the wisdom keepers inside the centre circle where all the water protectors were around the circle and we were sitting at the bottom of what they called uh, Turtle Island and all of what you're talking about, the, the, this military, Morton County, all, all of the, the heavyweights with their guns and their, you know, it was, it was very, like, it was very intense to be witness for, you know, having guns pointed at you which were like BB guns and also grenades and this type of stuff. It was, it was very intense. And we were sitting in a very prayerful place because we were connected to standing up for water rights. We were connected to each other's hearts and listening to the First Nations voice. And it was, it was so moving. And in that moment as we're connecting and we're also sending out a live broadcast where these 750 locations are joining us with that same intention at that moment, one of the one of the um, the military or Morton Bay accounter came out on the microphone and and said from the top of the hill, "Listen, we can see that you are conducting a prayer, and we will give you your space and we will allow you to, you know, have this prayer." Uh, told or to to have your time and everyone in that circle just literally burst into tears because we knew that that power of that intention was was something that's so strong that it allowed them to turn around put their guns down turn around and give us that space and it was a moment that I'll never ever forget because that is the power of the people that is the power of the of one voice one heart one tribe, and I've witnessed miracles happen over and over again with these global synchronized actions because it's that one energy that is moving that prayer forward. And I feel like there's one important point to make here is that a lot of people are afraid of that word prayer because they think it has some sort of religious connotation. And But prayer really is just that 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 heart intention, that prayer that connects us from you know, the spirit down into Pashamama through this vessel, which helps this, this prayer move forward. And that's really where miracles happen. Yeah. It's focused thought, isn't it? Prayer is focused thought, focused intention. And when we come together with a united focused thought or focused intention, whew, is that powerful? Like some people call it meditation or prayer or whatever you want to call it, desire. Uh, yeah, just mm-hmm. that focused, focusing energy, focusing energy. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's like we, we, know, we know that this is real. We can't touch it. We can't see it. It's in the ether. We're, we're, we're connecting to the spirit of all things. Yeah. We're connecting to the spirit of all things. And with that intention, 
that that that's life that's miracle that's yeah great spirit i was listening to someone on facebook this morning rabbiting on about uh the new passports that are you know covid passports and and all the control that's kind of being rolled out now and i think that as people that disagree with um some of the narrative and some of the decisions being made on behalf of the population of the human race (laughs) if we can remember and understand that our focused intention and focused desire in the space of love has powerful powerful effects even when it's not looking like changing so you know during standing rock there was a lot of focused prayer and focused you know people standing there and and living there in these harsh conditions because it was freezing cold and people were in tents and it looked like Mm -hmm. horrendous for the people that were standing up for the rights of Pachamama and the rights of the water uh so it wasn't dangerously cold dangerously cold dangerously cold yeah I mean the wind chill factors and and that were it was it was very extreme and at the same time just to see the resilience that people were you know putting their bodies through feeling dehydrated they were they were there with a mission and and we made change yeah and commitment commitment Mm -hmm. commitment to the commitment to the new story commitment to the new story and I think that as as we listen to this example that we have to be committed to a new story as well Mm -hmm. Uh, not the story that's being rolled out through the narrative but a new story a new way a new story a new unified story that's in the benefit for all yes the benefit of some and uh and even when it doesn't look like that's happening because that's the thing about the buffer of time Mm -hmm. that we we have this intention and action and we go into action with intention and we don't see anything happening but it actually it just we just have to trust Mm. there is this buffer of time and there will be people out there in the courts fighting and taking action because they feel to do it Uh, So they're playing their part in the human drama, which has happened with the pipeline. I actually didn't know that the the decision had been reversed until you just told me. I was was a question I was wanting to. This is this is another reason why we should never trust the mainstream media because at the time of this happening, um, you know, back in two thousand and fifteen, two thousand and sixteen, right? The the media bought in, um, you know, CNN and other bigger. You know, they, they came in to report on this matter, but and it is it appeared to the rest of the world that we had won and that Standing Rock was over and um, that the pipeline was being um, stopped. But in actual fact, that wasn't the case. It had been stopped for a short period for an environmental study to be put forward, which was going to be conducted over a month or, or two months. And they made it look like, okay, there's no pipeline now that it had been that it was all over and because of that the rest of the world sort of stopped and didn't really take on the following to see what was going on because it had appeared that that was the case yet after that environmental study had been um had done it was led to believe that i'm sorry that it doesn't um, meet the requirements the pipeline will still be built over these hundreds of thousands of kilometres through the Mississippi and the Missouri River, which not only affects livestock and land, it also affects the precious water for many First Nations people where the resources, you know, these key resources were um, were going through all of these lands. And 
you know, it, it did take, it was in courts up until August of last year where finally the pipeline project was stopped. A lot wow. of wasted, you know, that all of that pipeline still exists, but it's not actually running that crude oil through there. Wow. Um, and what I witnessed in, the, in that moment was that we do need support for the people that are standing up for these environmental um, projects and this environmental impact because some people are, have been threatened, very close to your friends of mine have been threatened by government authorities and others for having such a voice. Whistleblowers right. that have worked with pipeline companies that stand up and express the truth because their job is to actually cover up oil spills by right. putting fake, fake grass down and to make everything look pretty when in actual fact it's it's still contaminating the earth. And, you know, I witnessed many um, horrible stories where people have had their brakes tampered with and lives threatened because they're coming forward with a very actionable voice, which is a threat. It becomes like a political threat. And these type of things are, you know, it's, it's, it's scary. It gets scary. So we need support. We need that community support. We're in this together. Absolutely. And, and watching all this unfold over the last 10, 20 years, because I've been involved in the conscious community for, I don't know, 30 years, maybe even longer, but I just didn't even know there was a conscious community before that, mm-hmm. I suppose, since the internet began. And watching the rise and rise of communities like Unify and uh, uh, Humanities Team and, and some of the big communities that are happening in the US, it's so exciting it's so it exciting to see people coming together with a with a focused intention uh, mm-hmm. for a new story and and there are people you know like the group at unity in sydney that we were at they're yeah. trying to do that in, in in sydney and i've watched people attempt to to create these groups in mm-hmm. sydney and fall over i don't yeah. know what when i say sydney even australia mm-hmm. I don't know what the energy is down here but uh, maybe it's the yeah, population. Really, it's interesting, but well, I really feel that the key is with it's collaboration. Right. Nobody is better than one another. We have right. to know that the only way forward is that we do it as a collaboration. Yeah. Not yeah. as a leadership here or they're teaching. It's it's a full collaboration, and that's, that's what I love about the United States. Actually, in that supportive community, is that. The women are very uplifting and the men and they will support you to follow your wildest dreams. Yes. I feel like sometimes here in Australia there still is that little bit of this tall poppy syndrome energy that does play out in a way um, and, you know, it's it's obviously progressing and we're all growing and learning but that that support and that collaboration is absolutely key. Yeah. And I feel like that's also why there's a lot of success with these big movements from the states as well. Yeah. I have to say I am seeing that change over the last couple of years when Joe Figliano came into my life yes. with Love Fest. Yeah. I had never seen, because I've been involved with a lot of conscious leaders in Sydney putting on a lot of events and, and festivals and things and I, I've seen egos get in the way and not and competition be the 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 force rather than the collaboration be the force and yeah. I'm like really guys and I sent this prayer out and then Joe Figliano came into my life and he was so collaborative like I had yes. never Love Fest was the first festival apart from the festival I put on called Peace Day the, uh, the apart from my festival the other festival that really brought the community together in a collaborative way like that and that was beautiful so things are changing. A little we love to Joe so much. We, we love, love Joe. Joe. <laughs> we love Joe. 
We do yeah. love Joe. We love yeah, you, Joe. And the boys from yeah. Unity, you know, they're doing amazing yeah. work too. Alexander, beautiful young group of men doing some amazing things. I have to, I have to acknowledge them actually for this particular festival because from travelling around the world for the last 10 years and really being immersed in the conscious festival scene that's growing and even in the, I guess, mainstream festival world, that conscious hub that they're introducing to these mainstream festivals are growing and they're getting bigger and more people are interested in the, in the conscious part of it. Yeah. And I've had the, um, the privilege to be able to document a lot of these conscious festivals through media and interview a lot of the healers and the performers. And, you know, I definitely feel that with the festival we attended with Unity, that that opening ceremony that welcome to country was one of the most powerful ceremonies that I have been in with hearing the First Nations voice, with hearing the voice of the children. Children. Oh, no, you're going to make children. me cry. And it moved me, like, in such a huge way. And I just want to honour the organisers of the Unity Festival for the work they did and how organically that welcome to country came about with everyone feeling exactly what you and I felt. Yeah. It really touched our hearts. It was special. And the, and the last time we did the Welcome to Country, it was also special in the first Unity, uh, you know, the first Unity Fest. It was that that was probably the highlight of the festival too, that just bringing the whole, because in many festivals there are people all doing their thing, you know, there's groups over there doing this and that. But then when you bring us all together in one group and one voice and, yeah, and then include the Indigenous ceremonies and, yeah, powerful stuff. Powerful stuff. Powerful. All right. Where 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 are we going to go with this now? So, when so when did you leave? Like, okay, we told us what brought you back to Australia. It was really COVID. That brought, what were you doing in China? What were you doing? Uh, I had fallen in love with an Argentinian man that had been living in China for ten years. Right. And, uh, we we did some. We did some great work there. We actually created two um, short films. We actually won Best Short Film at the Guangzhou Film Festival with a movie called We Are the Miracle. It's all about oh. harmonising with nature to perpetuate life. And China is hungry for consciousness. You know, there's like they're I bet. They're, they're such a suppressed world that it is necessary for those to come in and really show them something new something that is a, a, a more of a connection and a connection to nature so I, I enjoyed my time there even though there was a lot of challenges you know it's like it's a very yeah suppressed kind of vibe in some ways and after spending so much time particularly in the states where you know you get so much like freedom and it's a freedom of full expression it was it was challenging for me to be there but also you know a beautiful experience so where can people find the movie that you made and watch it i want to watch okay. it well funnily enough um after we'd shot this at a sustainable community in china it actually rocked some people's worlds because you've got to be quite careful of the message that you're bringing in china as well and they don't like you to have um kind of like a spiritual undertone so to speak, even though the language was very um, easy to understand for anyone that was watching the film, 
it actually rocked a few people and they became quite fearful that their sustainable community was going to be shut down oh. by the government from this film. So we had to we had to kind of like put a little bit of a lid on it for a period until that um, was fully healed in a way. So China is, you know, there's lots of rules and regulations that you do have to follow for sure. And you have to be quite careful of your messaging of how you're bringing that to the world because they don't like to that movement to be in its full expression. So it gets a bit tricky, definitely gets so, a bit tricky. So it's not available for the public? It's not view. available at the moment. Right. I've done various movie nights and various things, but for, for the now... You've got to keep it under wraps, right? Yeah. You can't put it out on a public platform for all Not at No, no. Right, okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Wow, I know. Yeah, we think we live in the free world, don't we? And yeah. Um, yeah, I guess in, here in Australia we're we're so lucky because we are. We I think we have a freedom. I don't know. Do we have a freedom? <laughs> yeah, well, we think we do sometimes. I mean, even that experience at Standing Rock, there was quite a lot of uh, journalists that came in from all around the world and were actually up for some very heavy charges, which, in their own human rights, have the freedom to be a journalist and express themselves this way. So the, you know, there was a lot of fight and a lot of problems that occurred for them just doing their job but yet all of a sudden their rights have been taken from them so we you know things are changing it's like with Facebook and Instagram and we're we're giving up all of our information what happened to our privacy our security but the privacy being the number one you know point here is I mean things are changing and unless we stand up and and speak on behalf of you know all of us then we're not going to make that radical change but we have to do it strategically yeah yeah I've got a interesting a different view than most on privacy because I see a, I see a future where we're um, expanding into a more telepathic com- community and mm. civilization and when you are telepathic like even if you're empathic like me and many of the healers you actually know what's going on with people anyway I mean you mm. don't have bank account numbers and stuff like that but you you can feel people's energy uh, mm-hmm. You can feel what they're thinking, you know what they're, and so where is privacy inside of that? You know, because a lot of people have the mask on and they try and project an image that they want you to know. But then, when you're an empath, you like you're tapped into exactly what's going on with them. So there's no pretending. Yeah. So yes. Um, yes, so privacy. Yeah, it's interesting. But let's talk about water. Let's mm-hmm. talk about water, water, water. Yeah. So how let's what is the sacredness of water? Well, I would like to bring attention to what has just also happened recently, um, mm-hmm. and this is also bringing back into the conversation Unify again. Mm-hmm. Um, thank you, Unify, for all the work you do around the world. On the 22nd of March this year was World Water Day, and Unify once again really showed up to bring the message of water to the world. And they invited various uh, various wisdom keepers and scientists and healers to bring forward the message of water. And it was also an opportunity for everyone, uh, if they so desired, to start a water fast for a seven-day period to bring back that reset button and that clarity and that focus. 
And it was really amazing for me to sit in that ceremony that was held through that global synchronized action again, bringing a prayer around water, but also to be able to hear the various scientists uh, talk about the medicine of water. And we all know that, you know, okay, water is life. We we can't survive on this planet with, without water. But it's very, very important for us to know where our water comes from and also, um, you know, the power of water. And what I discovered from being also involved with this uh, World Water Day was, you know, information that I had known but also more miracles that I hadn't actually heard before. And we all, you may have heard of uh, obviously Dr. Emoto, the Japanese man who obviously brought this information of communicating with water. And when we speak to the water in that beautiful tone or with love and that intentional love and gratitude behind that communication with water, that the, the water then becomes a different state. And the same is with our own waters of our body. We are 60 to 70% water. So if you think about that communication with the water, when we're communicating with our own waters, we are, you know, sending that love and this can bring a much more healthier vessel if we're having that relationship with the water. One thing that fascinated me was that a beautiful woman, scientist from New Zealand, she had shown up on screen the a, a test that she had been involved in and it was actually taking photographs of various people and sitting at the photograph in the freezer with a baking tray full of water beside it and the baking tray full of water would replicate the image of the picture beside it. So one day she put in a picture of a beautiful woman's portrait and when she looked at the tray of water beside it, it was the picture of the woman's face almost identical to the photograph. The, wow. next day, the next day she thought she would try it with words, not with a photo, and she wrote down on a piece of paper, shooting star. When she pulled out the tray of water, it literally was this image of these lines coming up almost like a rainbow with a five-pointed star. Wow. The water had, had you know, the, this is where the intelligence of water is so sacred and so powerful that people don't realise that this, this is what's happening with the knowledge of water. Yeah. Then another day she put in another photo of um, more of a landscape-type photo and the tray of water that came out in that frozen state was almost identical to this picture. So oh. through this various tests and expressions and listening to other scientists talk we know that this the water wisdom carries so much more than we're aware of so if we can connect to that wisdom and that communication we can make radical healing changes not only to our own bodies but to the waters of the planet and i i know this to be true because there's not a day that goes by that i don't have this deep deep care for water yeah, and and a way to bring this type of ritual into the healing of our own bodies is right from the very very moment that we wake up, and that's with that first glass of water that we take of a morning, and 
you know, I feel like most of the population is actually dehydrated. Yeah. You know, dehydration can also be the the start of disease as well. We really need to connect back to that power of water to make sure that we are fully hydrated on a daily basis. And if we don't have access to this water, like you said, you you know, you drink tap water, um, I, I think. Um, filtered tap water. But yeah. You drink filtered tap water. Okay, that's great. But at the same time, if we don't have access to the best, best water, just by putting that power of intention and that communication to the water, we change we change the structure of the water. Absolutely. So that that morning ritual should start with speaking to that glass of water. You know, you're you're pouring all the love and all the gratitude into that water, and really imagining that water as you're drinking it, purify all the cells in your body asking for the healthiest cells to be alive, to activate dormant DNA, putting that prayer into the water and then drinking that water. And that is that is an activation. There, there is a connection there that's happening. And what I noticed is that I'm a 45-year-old woman and years ago I feel very strong and very healthy in my physical body. And what I noticed with this practice is that I used to actually carry a lot more water retention particularly around my arms and even like sometimes around the hip area. And that water retention is obviously it's inflammation. It's and, and it could it could change. Sometimes it could fluctuate, you know, five, six kilos in a couple of days or a day. And I'm quite little. But with that communication with the water, that's actually it's, you know, I can see the physical change within my body. And that ritual starts in the morning, but then it also continues for the rest of the day. It's like whenever we are going into the shower, we step in, we are connecting to the water goddess. We're asking for that cleansing. We're asking for that new day. We're asking to purify anything that's not you know, serving us, to rinse that off our bodies and just be in that prayer and acknowledging that and stepping away from her as you get out of the shower and just saying thank you for that connection with the water. And these seem like very, very simple connections simple rituals but in actual fact on a daily basis you are doing something to your own waters within you are becoming stronger you are becoming healthier that love is connecting to all the cells within the body and you know you you feel more beautiful from the inside out 100 percent. there's a hydration there's a connection there's a love and and it seems so so simple yet our water is life. It's our most precious resource. It is our most precious medicine. So before there's any money spent on supplements and all this kind of stuff, come back to the medicine of water. And that's why I am a bit of a water snob to a degree. <laughs> I make sure that I get my water from three various places. Um, one, if I'm up in Byron area, I get it from uh, Mount Wollumbin which comes out of springs, out of 33-million-year-old lava pockets that travels from Papua New Guinea up through the mountain, out through these springs, and I collect the water myself and I drink that water. Or I drink water from the Kunyam Range, which is a another area in the Byron Bay hinterland, which is a place of fertility. And I also drink water from the Southern Highlands from um, a dear friend of mine, Stan, who has a company called Awake Water. There's a lot of prayer and intention that goes in with that water and from collecting it from a spring that's been 
caretaken by generations of generations on a beautiful property. And when we know where our water source comes from, once again, there's a deeper connection there that can also bring that that health and that vitality and you know that gratitude. So yeah, it's, it's, I think it's very important for people to understand where their water comes from. Absolutely. I think we're just starting to understand the properties of the elements. Uh, I've mm-hmm. spoken to so many psychics and channels who talk about how um, ancient, ancient man who was more evolved than we are, not Neanderthal, but before those civilization or extraterrestrial, highly evolved civilizations, they understand how to communicate and wo- work with the elements mm-hmm. and that the oceans are uh, Earth's living library. In fact, the oceans contain the history of the whole planet and um, when the ETs want to come here and know about Earth and what went on here, they they communicate with the oceans because it's a living library. So, yeah, water contains information. Uh, it's just, it yeah, it's. I think we're just starting to understand this modern man, you know, mm. maybe not in the conscious community, the conscious community, the Indigenous or First Nations people, they, they seem to understand it, but modern man, Western man is just sort of getting with the program really, aren't we? We're just sort of waking up to these things. Well, the, the grandmothers really do, you know, they carry a lot of water wisdom information and that was probably one of the most profound parts and experiences of Standing Rock is listening to the grandmothers share their stories with water wisdom and that connection to the, the waters of the planet. And, you know, she as she told her stories around the sacred fire, she would, um, one of the grandmothers would say that, you know, part of the reasons why the the waters of the planet are contaminated is not just from environmental impacts through, you know, like oil spills and plastic and this type of um, environmental contamination. It's also from the contamination of our own personal waters, from our emotions that are not being met and understood with clarity and that some days we can feel like a wild, wild ocean and other days we feel like a still, still creek. And it's about being present with that and acknowledging that and being able to feel all of those emotions to the fullest expression so we can understand the core of, you know, where they're, where they're coming from to get to the root of that. And as I heard this grandmother speak, you know, it really triggered older memories of mine of just being, you know, coming back to the core of where where my triggers came from. And I could feel a tear running down my cheek as she was speaking. And then she said, our tears are our most sincere form of prayers. There is no need to apologise for our tears. This is energy in motion and this is the waters moving through us. And I think that's really important to let people know that that they are our sincere form of prayers and for men as well to feel comfortable in sharing these tears because this is this is our waters moving through us and how important that is and those tears they do bring a healing for the rest of the planet as well and that really moved me in that experience and I learned that how the grandmothers communicate with the waters is that they would actually speak to a water body and take one drop of water from that water body 
and carry that water to another body of water, whether it be an ocean, a creek, because it only takes one drop of water to change the structure of a whole another body of water. And I find that really fascinating when I host water ceremonies because when we're infusing it with our love and our intention, we're completely changing that structure of the water. So during a water ceremony, I would invite people to bring their own water vessel to take a drop of that prayerful water and take that, put it on their altar or be able to exchange these drops of water to bring the medicine to those who really need it the most. And it's fascinating to share just how simple these little rituals are, but how much they actually do make change. Absolutely. For people that are listening on audio, <laughs> obviously Jack Staff is sitting outside in her beautiful garden and we're listening to the birds singing in the background. They're like serenading everything that you're saying. It's so gorgeous. <laughs> Yeah, there's a lot of them going on right now. Actually. <laughs> Thanks, guys. They're uh, totally, totally tuned into what you're saying. Mm -hmm. Yes, isn't that interesting? One drop of water can change the structure of a whole body of water. So that one drop, if it has a dominant frequency or a dominant mm -hmm. uh, charge or vibration, I don't know what terms do we use, then it's going to communicate that. It has to be a dominant vibration and obviously mm. positive is more dominant than negative. It's just a more powerful frequency. It's a more powerful mm -hmm. charge, a positive. I'm not talking physics here. I'm not talking about positive negative charges. I'm just talking about energy vibration. So yeah. if you put a positive um, intention into the water and, and pop it into a body of water, it's going to dominate the frequency of the rest of the water. It's amazing, mm -hmm. isn't it? Same with people. It's absolutely, right? absolutely. Same with yeah. people. You can be in a group of grumpy per people, one person with a dominant frequency of joy and bliss and happiness can completely shift that body of people. Like just <laughs> like our waters are communicating with each other. <laughs> so true, so true. And that's um, that's what I realised too within the COVID experience. You know, we're all, <clears throat> we all felt so isolated and disconnected in different ways and it was challenging for so many people but one of the best ways that we can actually sort of shift up that that energy that we're going through is obviously to get out in nature and particularly get out into water use that ritual as a cleansing process and it's definitely changed my life which is one of the reasons why I now host women's retreats in Mount Lulumban is because I had an experience connecting with the water where I actually tapped into my Claire audio. Mm -hmm. So I started to hear, you know, these are these are beautiful um, skills that we all have when we're fully present to our Claire audio, to our clairvoyance. And it was up on the mountain that I actually connected with another grandmother's voice to bring this permission so to speak to bring women to a sacred land to bring women to experience sacred water that comes all the way from Papua New Guinea mm -hmm. and I, I do believe that there is um there's a real connection that happens when we learn how to communicate and listen through a deep listening process when we are still when we are connected to nature and and that's why actually our, my business is called sacred signatures because it's when we follow the sacred signs of nature mm. 
that's when we're in our in our flow state. Mm, I love the name of it, Sacred Signatures. It's beautiful. You know, I was just thinking when you were talking about water retention and how you lost a lot of water retention. I, I wonder if uh, that retention that people hold, that water retention, other other stories that they're holding on. Then you know, negative. I don't think water has a um, judgment about stories. You know, and they just like they don't see it as negative. You know, the water doesn't see information as negative or positive uh, when it comes to our it, the information, like the information beliefs that we're carrying. Yeah. Um, and so when we let go of the negative beliefs around ourselves, bringing it back to a more personal level, then that water retention just drops off because it's holding those stories. Those hundred percent. Yeah. And it seems like such a simple ritual too, but you can imagine when you are pouring that love and that connection into that morning prayer and throughout the day, um, it's it's actually it's changing cellular DNA. It's shifting up the DNA, and so there there's a communication there. There's a talk, and I do believe that it's very important too to just be present with the water that you're carrying around every day. I carry um, I carry this bottle around um, with my prayer for water in it each day, making sure I know where that water comes from and I'm completely hydrated. But another thing that I bring into my daily practice and I brought it here for you is that I also connect to hydrogen and everything that's living is made up of water and hydrogen. Yeah. And so over night time, I'll put on this little device through my, um, just around my, my nose here, and I'm breathing in hydrogen um, throughout the evening, and it's just connected to this little hydrogen machine here. And um, what it's actually doing is it's, it's oxygenate. It's, it's basically saturating all the cells, and it's also, um, let me just take that off there, it's also combing back all the neurology. So what I've found is while I've been hooked up to this particular machine is that not only do I feel very youthful because it feels like it feels like my cells are being saturated from the inside so I can feel the hydration without putting on something topical on my body like a cream and you feel the softness. I can feel it, the moisture is coming from the inside out. I can feel it in my skin. But not only that, it brings clarity, it brings focus, it helps to push out any of the traumas or other things that our body is wanting us to, emotions to, to come to the surface and acknowledge what that is. Mm. And recently I've been going through an experience which has been had its challenges for sure, but I, I noticed where the, the, the wounding was, which was within my womb area, and the hydrogen machine helps bring focus to that area so we can really get real with what that trauma or that wound is. And so I find this is a, um, another backup to water because obviously hydrogen is, is water yeah. to, um, you know, yeah, absolutely. One hydrogen molecule, two oxygen molecules. Yeah. Two, uh, no, hang on, two hydrogen molecules, one oxygen molecule, is that right? H2. That's correct. Oh. Yes. Right. Yes. <laughs> yeah. That's correct. And it's a simple device that anyone can, um, you know, can use at home. Um, but I've seen the benefits in a really big way, and I've seen the benefits with people that have had brain tumors or any type of head injuries. It really works um, really well with, with with the head. But it also, um, you know, if 
for sports people that may have an injury, mm. if you hook yourself up to this hydrogen machine immediately, mm. it doesn't allow for the trauma to sit in because it's actually combing back all the neurology and, and allowing for that immediate healing process to occur. So it's accelerated uh, rejuvenation, accelerated healing. There's yeah. a lot of studies coming out about hydrogen at the moment, mm-hmm. yeah, and um, I was fascinated when you were talking about it at Unity. Uh, mm. Yeah, because it just sort of sparked a memory of me reading about some studies I'd seen about hydrogen. Mm. But I was also thinking uh, about programming water, like so Emoto was talking about it, you've been talking about it, lots of people have been talking about it, and yes. and your ritual, like your morning ritual with the water. You can actually program into your glass of water in the morning or your bottle of water or wherever you get your water from mm-hmm. a new story. Like yes. if you have a story that's not serving you, I'm not good enough, I can't do it, I'm too fat, I'm too ugly, I'm not mm-hmm. enough, you know, whatever story you've got going on uh, that's, um, you know, I feel unloved, I'm lonely, whatever, you can change that story, repro- reprogram it and say mm-hmm. I'm unconditionally loved, I'm unconditionally supported, maybe you've got financial problems, I'm mm-hmm. unconditionally supported, I'm abundant and program that story into your water. <laughs> And drink it. <laughs> it's so so true and so simple. And the other thing around that is actually with song. Mm-hmm. You know, song and prayer has been a big part of all Indigenous cultures around the world, and we right. actually don't sing enough. We're afraid yeah. to sing. We're afraid to sing in public. We're afraid to use our voice. But if we think about this song, like a mother singing to her little baby, yeah, through a lullaby, that energy and that tension behind it is also the same energy and tension around singing to our own personal waters. So mm. I definitely encourage more song because that vibration is also shifting the vibration of all the cells of all the DNA. Absolutely. Song mm. and sound, mm. sound and song. I know this just, it's, it's, it's crazy times and it's exciting times. It's crazy with what's going on with the whole sort of mainstream narrative around health and and suppression and all that. So, but at the same time, it's exciting times as we expand our awareness uh, and our psychic abilities, uh, you know, to what's possible for human. And, and I think that for all of us, we've just got to keep our focus on that and not to get, not to get swept up in the narrative of the suppression and the resist, you know, like I see so many conscious, beautiful conscious people who are really swept up in this this story of um, you, we've got to fight against the authorities and fight against this yeah. and fight against that and they're in the resistance. And um, you can make change but it has to be through powerful intention and unity like you were talking about Standing Rock. So it's yeah. not resistance as much as to stand up for what you believe in. Uh, and what you want to see in the world rather than what is like putting your focus on that telling a new story mm. yeah it's uh exciting powerful times darling one <laughs> yeah no it really really is and I you know it's been really lovely to come back to Australia and um, be able to connect with yourself and many others from around the, com- the communities and watch them this conscious communities grow and connect you know I can feel a connection right now between the Sunshine Coast and Byron right they're kind of like bridging this gap and they're Uh they're coming like sharing more information and and more events which feels really good um yeah So, so did you know that Joe's putting on a love fest up there 
I do. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's looking for he's looking for some facilitators. He's spreading the love and taking it to Byron. I said there's a lot of love up in Byron Bay yeah. uh, or the surrounding area. When I say Byron Bay, not just the city, I mean the town. The township's fun and everything. It's quite commercial but it's beautiful. It's got mm-hmm. great restaurants and pubs and all that sort of thing for the tourists. But it's that surrounding area where mm-hmm. these unbelievable people like Jack Staff are, are living and communing and doing amazing things. So tell us about your retreats quickly. Well, um, yeah, I've been so honoured to be able to experience the ho- a house which is at the closest, uh, the top of Mount Wollumbin. Not right to the top, but it's right. the closest house. And, and you know, this is, this is sacred land. So for women, it, it is, well, for all of us, it's known as Mount Wollumbin, not Mount Warning. Mm-hmm. The correct name is Mount Wollumbin. And right. that is all built up on... Um, black obsidian so it's consciously or subconsciously we're kind of drawn to this Byron Bay area for healing Mm. because of its black obsidian energy that exists underneath the ground and this volcanic rock which is 33 million year old volcanic rock and this crater that's built out it's like it's drawing people here it has that energy we know that and it's a I mean at the moment things are going a little bit crazy up here with people wanting to purchase property and move to the area but it's a it's a place of healing it's a wellness destination and it has a lot of uh, sacred ancient wisdom and you know it's a it's a gorgeous place very fertile place and yeah it's incredible and the the retreats um you know the, the first nations men would would do their initiations to walk to the top of the mountain but the women would hold space for them to go up and do their initiations. And it's kind of where this retreat is held, that where the women would hold space for the men to do their initiations. Mm. And so it carries a lot of uh, ancient wisdom. It's on uh, a sacred song line that connects to Uluru. And as we know, Mount Wollumbin is where the sun first kisses Australia Ah, of a morning. And that sunlight energy carries down the song lines to Uluru and other activates other meridian lines of the planet it's a very powerful place and it's a powerful place to seed any of our dreams to be planning our dreams and when we're there in this co-creation with other women there are miracles that do happen we're not only learning about the water we're also bathing in sacred waters there in um, beautiful waterfalls and it's a, a Gondwana land heritage listed rainforest so when you're in that environment, you're surrounded by a lot more sound than you would normally be in a, in a different forest because this is untouched, World Heritage listed rainforest. Mm. So often in the evenings we might even go to sleep with koalas making love and other bird sounds that we haven't heard and it, it truly is a remarkable place but you can feel the energy. And so we come there to renew, we come there to reset, we come there for the sacred sisterhood, we come there for connection, but we come there to release anything that's not serving us and use this time for women to connect back in with themselves because, you know, as women we're often giving so much to our families, to our partners, to our jobs. We're trying to hold many things together, but we also need that reset time for ourselves. And I have witness miracles happen at these retreats but it's an experience that the women hold they hold with them they hold that with them for 
an extended period. They take that experience with them. Mm. And I've seen their manifestations really, you know, come into reality from what we've, the conversations we've had at these retreats. And um, not only that, we're building a regenerative culture where women are becoming, you know, that we've had this experience over the five days, four nights, but we're building such strong relationships that we feel so supported afterwards. I mean, these relationships are turning into like best friend relationships. They're supporting when when others are sick and they're really encouraging each other through their vulnerable times and then sharing their stories of their their strengths. And that relationship has been blossoming for months and months and months. And for me, it feels like one of the most rewarding experiences because that is what we want. We want to we know that when we are in our vulnerable states, we are we do have backup, we do have that sisterhood and, and that's the culture that is being developed from these experiences and it's it's gorgeous. It's like, Sounds it's beautiful. beautiful. Sounds beautiful, darling one. When's the next one? The next one's coming up on the 13th of May to mm-hmm. the 17th of May and we have a beautiful story that, that starts before you arrive and plays out to the end of the experience on the Monday and it's a time to really connect in with the nature, but to really connect in with your the balancing of your waters within. But we have many world class facilitators facilitators over the course of those three day of four day four nights and five days, and uh, yeah, it's a really it's a wonderful experience. And uh, you know, I've got some beautiful testimonies and an amazing video capturing the surrounding area from a beautiful drone, just so you can see what you're coming into. It's, uh, yeah. It's divine. It's it's, yeah. it's it's a delicious environment. Yeah, Mount Warning or Mount Wollumbin uh, is a special place. Even my brother, who's not really into all this stuff, felt drawn to take his family and, and um, climb up to the top of the mountain, <laughs> which yeah. I thought was really interesting. I'm like, wow. Yeah. But, yeah, it draws people in. Uh, and obviously that Byron area, the point of Byron is the easternmost point of Australia. Yes. So that's when uh, Jack Star said that, you know, it's the first place, the mountain is the first place that the sun kisses Australia. I love that. Yeah. Oh, darling one, it's been beautiful. Obviously, if people want to find out more about your retreats, it's all on sacredsignatures.com. Yes. And anything else got coming up? Uh, well, we have a immersive ritual dining experience coming up in July and they, I brought those experiences together because I wanted to share with the partners of these women. I wanted them to see that energy and that relationship that and that deep friendship that that is being built at these retreats. So I opened it up to these immersive ritual dining experiences for others to come in and also be part of this close relationship that we're all formed in there. They're so much fun. I just did one in December. I was just having a little bit of a breathing space because of the whole COVID thing to see, you know, what was happening. And the next one's coming up in July in the Barrington Tops. Barrington. And you can see that on my um, on my website. Yeah. Oh, perfect. Yeah. Yes. Beautiful one. It's been so glorious to hear more of your stories today and to, to share your wisdom. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming Thank on. Thank you. Today. Thanks, Karen. Love to see you very, very soon, dear sister big love what a fascinating conversation with jack star isn't she gorgeous isn't she glorious so beautiful just fascinating uh i love the bit about programming the water and the morning ritual with your water 
talking in your story and to your water as you drink it? Where are you finding your water from? Look, I'd, um, I'm going to look into her hydrogen machine. I'm, um, it's quite expensive, but I'm thinking that might be a, might be a good thing. Might stop me aging. Ooh, wouldn't that be nice? <laughs> I think it's I think it's definitely a part of the anti-aging technology that's becoming available on planet Earth, and it's so simple. It's just hydrogen. It's just you know a component of water. Uh, just hydrogen hydrogenating our cells, oxygenating it, hydrogenating it. Yeah, uh, that's just from a vain personal point of view. But uh, yeah, speaking to Mother Ocean. I actually call her my mother. I remember staring at the ocean a while ago, I don't know, 20 years ago, seeing the, the sun dancing on the tips of the waves and how it looked like diamonds and, um, and feeling that if I had a mother in this world, because obviously my physical mother left a long time ago when I was in, a teenager, my mother would be the ocean. Uh, that's what I thought to myself. She is my mother. My mother is the ocean. She nurtures me. And uh, when I get in, in her, every time I go swimming, I do, I talk to her and I just feel her around me and I just talk to the water and just say thank you. It's so good. It's so good and it's so healing and it's so replenishing and refreshing and the best thing. But we can do that in every war. We can do that in the bath, <laughs> in the shower, in the rivers, in the oceans. We can do it anywhere water is, even talking to our glass of water. Mm, intention our thoughts are powerful and we create our own reality we might as well work with the elements of this world instead of against them i remember uh this year during another festival i was involved in uh, it was during the uh, uluru alignment on the 21st oh no it must be last year 21st of december we were we were gathered and it was torrential rain we we're in the forest absolutely torrential rain so i was having a bit of a chat to the elements mother gaia and i said it would be nice if it stopped raining for a bit and then i got back straight away water magnifies you know when you have fishes inside a fish tank or when there's a person inside a thing how it's magnified and I thought to myself, oh, wow. So everything that we're doing with our prayers and intentions and singing and talking at this festival for the Uluru was being magnified by this torrential rain. I thought that was really interesting. Yeah, water magnifies. Actually, here in, in Sydney, in New South Wales and in Queensland, we've had torrential rain over the last few weeks. It's um, the last few days has been uh, sunny and raining and sunny and raining, but we just had this torrential downpour for about a week and a half, which flooded many of the, uh, the dams all overflowed and many of the surrounding suburbs around the dams were just completely flooded. People lost their homes. So water can be a powerful force, just like wind, just like fire, earth, earthquakes. Yeah, these elements are, uh, are to be respected, <laughs> to be respected and communicated with respect the elemental the elementals the elemental energies of this world anyway i'm not going to say too much more i hope you enjoyed that let me know with your comments and uh what you thought of it and how you use water in your life to heal to activate to listen to the stories the living library don't you love that the oceans are our living library it contains all the information all the history of planet earth yeah so how you talk to water i'd love to hear 
I love to hear your stories. Thanks again for listening and watching. And who's coming up into the Inner Sanctum? Blossom is, is our next teacher in the Inner Sanctum, guest teacher. Blossom, good child. I had invited her a while ago and she said, I'm not really a teacher, you know, I'm just a channel, <laughs> just a channel. But then I saw one of her shows recently where the Federation of Light or maybe it was her other guide, I can't remember what his name is, the Indian, the Indian guy, White Star, no, White Feather, can't remember his name. Anyway, was saying that, you know, Blossom, you're a teacher. And she was like taking that on and saying, okay, okay, I'm a teacher. So I'm like, okay, right, now that we've got that sorted out, let's come into the inner sanctum and have a chat with my tribe. Uh, she doesn't have to necessarily teach. We can just, you know, chat and quiz her, just like being on the show. So if you uh, want to find out more about Blossom, you can go to my show and uh, watch the conversation I had with her. It was a cack. We just instantly hit it off. We're like two peas in a pod, the two of us. She's an English woman living in Queensland in Australia, and she is channeling the Federation of Light. And I love her channeling. She puts out one every couple of weeks and she gets this beautiful man. Now, what's his name? Sorry, I've forgotten your name. Pen. Now, what's his name? What's his name? to read the because when she channels she writes it to read the voice and he just has this beautiful voice oh, i can't think of his name friend of him on facebook gorgeous man and he's like the voice of the federation and then there's blossom in her personality uh, it's great i love those i love them I, I listen to all her videos so she's coming up and um who else is coming up i just booked somebody else in today well, obviously, Aaron, 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 Aaron Abke is going to come up in June. Oh, Preston Dennett. I just got an email from him today. I asked him to come in. Uh, he's going to come up. He's going to come and talk to us about out-of-body experiences and telepathy and communicating with ETs in August, I think. I haven't got my list in front of me. But, um, yeah, there's some great teachers coming up. And then the Higher Self Expo I'm involved in. So I'm, I'm looking for Australian speakers that can speak about where science meets spirituality and uh, so I'm going to be putting a few of those people on the show that are involved in the Higher Self Expos as presenters. So that's coming up on the shows. Uh, I'm going to take a week or so off from the show to focus on other things, the Higher Self Expo and the book series and personal work and the groups I've got going on. So, but there's still things being uploaded every week. So thanks again for listening and watching. Remember to buy the book Awakened by Death. Bye for now.